Hello darlings, how's everyone doing? Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to say hello tree calls of the north, but that <laughs> hello tree calls of the north that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, do you know what? I'm in that. It is what time is it here? It's eleven thirty nine. I'm really tired, guys. Oh my god, it's the first week after the summer holidays, so Millie's gone back to school. So I've got a six and a two year old, by the way. And she's gone back to school and I feel like it's finally just hit me the last six weeks because <laughs> it's been amazing, but it's been really intense. And now I'm just suddenly like, I'm so tired. But anyway, hello, darlings. Today's episode is going to be all about induction. Now, I do find, oh, just to be straight up with you lot, because you know, we, we're friends now, aren't we? But I do really struggle talking about this because I just, I really want to do it in a way. I don't want to scare you is what I'm getting at. So I'm I'm hopefully just going to literally just give you the facts, the information, and then you can go and do with that what you will. But I don't want it to sound scary. And I feel like everybody's like the most questions I get asked about is induction. And I feel like people are really scared of it because there probably are quite a lot of stories that you might hear from induced births. So I'm going to go through what happens. I'm going to go through some tips with you today. And um, hopefully after the episode, you'll feel really informed and just kind of good, not, I don't know, I don't know what the word is. (laughs) Hopefully, if you're feeling scared right now, induction and the thought of it, hopefully after this episode, you're feeling less scared and more like just ready to deal with that situation if it arises. Hopefully, I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I, I do really struggle and I was saying to my husband as well, I was like, I'll struggle. (laughs) and you lot if you've listened to like the last 19 episodes you'll know what I mean but I struggle because I can't make induction funny (laughs) like it's not a funny situation so I struggle being a bit I struggle being serious and actually this leads me on to quite nicely segues me into the fact that I had a I'm going to be honest with you guys do you know I'm going to be really honest with you I had a full-on full-blown meltdown this week which is really unlike me. I told one of my friends and she was like, what? This is not like you. But basically I had a massive confidence crisis. So basically I listened to this podcast the other day and it was a really great podcast and um, really enjoyed the episode and I learned a lot and blah, blah, blah. And afterwards I, th- and I thought, do you know what? They're so grown up. And I was like, they're so grown up. The same age as me, roughly. And I was like, they're so grown up. And I was like, I'm not grown up. <laughs> And I started crying about not being a full, a full grown up. And I was like, I'm dicking around on my podcast, swearing at people, calling people bitches and hoes. And, and I was like, why am I like this? <laughs> and I was like, why can't I take life more seriously? And oh my God, I had a full on, I'm talking tears, the lot. Nothing to do with the fact that I'm doing my period. I was in bits. Anyway, so I had a chat with my husband about it. And uh, he actually said to me, he was like, just be yourself and fucking own it. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I love you so much. I was like, that is exactly it. Be yourself and fucking own it. Is that not the quote, the vibe of the day? Is that not the vibe of the fucking year? Be yourself and fucking own it. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. Like his support for me is so, I feel like it's quite special actually. But anyway, I wanted to get I wanted to get him on the podcast, but he's not having it. I was like, please come on and talk about being a birth partner. 
He is... I'm cracking up at the thought of it because he is, like, the funniest person that I know. Like, I literally married him. Obviously, he's fit, but I literally married him because he's funny. Because I thought, you know, fit fit goes... Although men seem to get fitter as they get older, though, the bastards. <laughs> he's getting a bit of grey hair, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's annoying. But I was like, fit, you know, fit goes when he's got... When he's old with his saggy balls, but... Um, funny never never goes does it so if anything you just get funnier (laughs) anyway that didn't take long for me to say something inappropriate did it four minutes in and I'm talking about saggy balls there you go welcome to the podcast by the way I'm Faye (laughs) hypnobirthing teacher uh, from Moon and Stars Hypnobirthing. Follow me on Instagram if you're not already, because come on over there's a lot of good shit there I'm not just trying to get followers I share so much good shit there so come on over Come on over, my loves. Anyway, should we get on with it? Induction. I'm procrastinating, aren't I? Because I don't like talking about it, if I'm honest with you. But um, let's go. So, right. So, the first kind of thing you might be offered with regards to induction would be a sweep. Normally, if you're in the UK, you'll have on your hospital notes, your maternity notes, you'll have discussed membrane sweep at, normally at 38 weeks. And it is kind of just assumed that you'll have it because it's so routine that it's assumed you'll have it. But you don't have to have a sweep if you don't want to. It is completely up to you. Anything to do with your birth, your body, your baby is completely, you have a choice there. Everything is a choice. So I just want to make sure I say that. So with a sweep, it needs you need to make sure as well that it should be something that's posed to you as a question. Would you like to have this sweep? for xyz reasons the benefits are the risks are and then it's up to you it shouldn't just be a case of oh hop up on the bed love and we'll do your sweep for you no it needs to be a question because it needs your informed consent so basically you need to just be given all the information in order to make a decision that you know with that information so that's the first kind of thing you'll be offered is a sweep now the idea of a sweep is that it could kickstart your labor although some studies show it's quite effective other studies show it's not very effective at all so i think basically from everything i've read and like learned about sweeps over the years my understanding is that they're quite effective if you're already very close to going into labor anyway so then that kind of poses the question did the sweep actually help or was you just about to go into labor anyway who knows i think we just don't know labor itself is very 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 complex and i've said it before it's a very intricate delicate dance of hormones and nothing in science can replicate it we can kind of do things that help but there's nothing that can replicate physiological natural labor so a sweep could work if you were quite close to going into labor anyway if you're not very close to going into labor anyway it probably won't work i think the the recent most recent study i read was it was effective for 12 percent of people so yeah not very effective but anyway what the process of it is is a midwife will with your informed consent will put a finger in and sweep around your cervix um join a vaginal examination as a way of trying to lift the membranes off the cervix so when i say membranes i just mean like the babies the the amniotic sac so trying to lift that off the cervix and this action can trigger the release of prostaglandins which is the hormone that makes your cervix get softer and ready for labor and this can stimulate labor so this could kick start it it can be uncomfortable obviously it's never a comfortable situation having a finger in your vag 
unless it's sexy time. <laughs> Sorry. Oh God, what am I like? Um, but it shouldn't hurt. But then sometimes for some people it could do if, well, it just depends on the midwife and you as a person. So I would say use your breathing techniques. If you're going to have a sweep, just use your breathing techniques. Try to relax as much as possible and it shouldn't hurt. You can bleed afterwards. Your mucus plug could get dislodged. So your mucus plug is literally a plug of blobby mucus and blood mixed together as an extra it's at the bottom of your cervix as an extra protection to your baby from infection so that could become dislodged although it does grow back which is pretty amazing aren't our bodies amazing and you might bleed a little bit and you could have contractions that don't really go anywhere so you could have like mild contractions for a few days which could affect your sleep and make you tired so if you did go into labor you could be going into that already tired so those are the things to kind of bear in mind, but a pro would be you could avoid a more medical induction if it did kickstart labour. So it's such an individual decision. You would, you know, I, I could, so many people like message me and they're like, oh, should I have a sweep? And I'm like, I can't, I, I would never tell anyone what to do, but I can't possibly decide that for you because everybody's situation is so unique. Um, so it's completely up to you. But I think for me, it's more just about telling people that it is a choice because a lot of people don't realise that. So you can use the BRAIN acronym for benefits. What are the benefits of it? What are the risks? What are your alternative options? What does your instinct tell you? And what, what happens if you do nothing? So you can go through that and then decide if you want to have a sweep or not. Then if that's not effective, you might be offered, I think, up to three sweeps. And if they're not effective, then the next stage would be offering you a, a more medical induction. Now, I read somewhere recently that 20% of births are induced now in the UK. And then I also read somewhere that 40% of births are induced. So I'm not sure which one it is, but it's probably a, between 20 and 40%, which is quite a high percentage. So the likelihood is you are going to be offered an induction. Reasons that you might be offered an induction include your age. So if you're over a certain age, if your baby is deemed big, if you've got gestational diabetes, maybe if you've got preeclampsia and also if you go over your due date. Now, I would strongly, strongly advise that you all read, if you're listening to this, that you read a book called The Ames Guide to Induction of Labour. It is the best book. Everyone that's pregnant should read it. It is my number one book that everybody should read because it goes through all of the individual reasons why people might be induced. It's got all the statistics in there. It's got loads of information. So I would 100% recommend that you read that. But with the big baby thing, the NICE guidelines do state that you shouldn't be induced just because your baby's been measured big. Um, and I love there's a quote by Dr. Rachel Reed, who wrote the book Why Induction Matters, which is also a fabulous book. And she said, you can't accurately predict the weight of a baby until they're born. So measurements are notoriously really inaccurate. So again, read the Ames Guide to Induction of Labour and you'll, you'll see loads of interesting information in there. Um, and then due dates. I've got a post on my Instagram page that basically says due dates are bullshit, which is a little bit a little bit harsh, but here's why I think they're bullshit. So basically, your due date is calculated 280 days from the, the from your last period, and then you'll have a, a dating scan between 11 to 14 weeks of your pregnancy, um, and have very and then the date will be calculated on various measurements. But only like four to five percent of babies come on their due date, like between four and five, not 45 percent of babies arrive on their due date, 11 percent before and 85 percent after. And in France, your due date is calculated as 41 weeks. So French babies are different, apparently. 
um, so I just find that really fascinating. So, and then, and then, yeah, the fact that it's calculated 280 days from your last period, but everybody's cycle is different. Like some people have a 28 day cycle. Some people have a 34 day cycle. Like everybody's so different. So it's just really bizarre to me that we have this, this date. And also your length of pregnancy can be affected by genetics, ethnicity, as well as the length of your cycle. I, I, um, Catherine Graves, uh, the woman that taught me hypnobirthing, she had this analogy where she said, if you look at the apples on a tree, they all ripen and fall off at different times. So why do we expect babies to grow and develop at the exact same rate? Like that is really bizarre. And when you think about outside the womb, babies grow and develop at different rates. So it, it is a really, it is a really weird concept to me. And anything after after 40 weeks is late, even though the World Health Organization states that a healthy length of pregnancy is between 37 to 42 weeks. So I don't know, it's a bit of a weird one. Again, I would just have to tell you to do your own research and decide what you think. But you will be offered an induction at 40 weeks or around your due date. My advice would be use the BRAIN acronym and ask questions. Is this clinically justified? Why is this being offered to me? Why now? Is there an immediate risk to me and my baby? What are the risks of induction itself? What are the risks of me not being induced? And you'll need to get those answers in your individual circumstances because a lot of the policies in hospitals are just blanket statements like, okay, you need to be induced after 40 weeks. For some women, that will be absolutely the right thing to do. For some, it won't be. So you you are an individual. Um, don't just be plonked on this conveyor belt of care that isn't individualised. You can ask questions and find out more information to get a clearer picture of what is right for you. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry, tangent there, due date tangent. <laughs> Here we go. So what else? So if you are offered an induction, you should, everything should be explained to you. You should be given an opportunity to ask questions and given some time to think about it. You shouldn't just be expected to make a decision there and then on the spot. So... If you are offered an induction, you'll be given a reason. Hopefully you'll ask some questions, you'll get some answers and you'll decide what's right for you. If you do decide that you would like to go ahead with an induction, it will be done in different stages with each stage an attempt to get you into labour, aka your contractions get getting going. So the first step would normally be, so you'll be offered a pessary or a gel of prostaglandin, which is the hormone that softens your cervix. This can take up to 6 to 24 hours. Depending on what hospital you're in, the the um, policies will be different. So ask and find out. You'll be, given, you'll be uh, offered vaginal examinations to check what's going on with your cervix during that time as well to see if it's working. You might be able to go home, so do ask, or you might they might advise you to stay in hospital. It will depend for different people, different hospitals, but you can ask if you can go home during this time. I think it's worth noting as well that inductions can take days. So just because you're offered an induction for Thursday the 19th, it doesn't mean your baby's going to be coming that day. It could be a while yet. So this first stage could take 24 hours and then it might not be effective. So you might be offered another round. So that could be another day. Um, so just really bear that in mind for when you're packing your hospital bag and doing all those things. Childcare, all that kind of stuff. Make sure that's all sorted out. Um, and yeah, you'll be checked and monitored to see what's going on during that time. If contractions don't start, nothing happens, then you would be offered to have your waters broken. Now, this is normally done with something called an amnio hook or an amniotic hook, which sounds, it doesn't sound very nice, does it? But from people that I know that have had this done, they said it didn't hurt, so it shouldn't hurt. The midwife will insert a wand type thing with a little hook on the end of it 
that will pop your waters and then your waters will break and then you'll be just waiting basically for your contractions to start this might happen it might not the next stage would then be syntocinon which is a drip of synthetic oxytocin it is not like normal oxytocin it is synthetic and i'll explain a bit more in a minute but you'd be offered a drip so you'd have a cannula put in your hand or your arm and then you'd have a drip that goes into your blood and this would definitely make your contractions start well i say definitely it should it's quite likely that your contractions will start after having this and the midwife will gradually increase the dosage as the day goes on until your contractions are regular and intense to the so you are fully in established labor now between having your waters broken and having this if it's safe to do so you could ask for a bit more time to see if your waters do, uh, to see if contractions do start on their own obviously you'd have to your individual circumstance would depend on whether it was safe or not um And top tips for if you are induced for those kind of first stages is to distract yourself. So bring an iPad, watch your favourite movies, Netflix show, whatever. Kind of the the more upbeat stuff is better. Walk around, go to the the hospital cafe. Um, In the very first, in the beginning bit, you could ask if you can be in water. You can do breathing techniques, listen to relaxation mp3s, listen to music, can have a little dance, like just being upright, mobile and distracted is your best bet. And then as it goes on, then you want to get more into your breathing and and, and as you're in labour and all that stuff, you can go back and listen to my breathing episode and more about that. So yes, with syntocin on, it makes your uterus contract, but it doesn't it doesn't affect your body in the same way that your own oxytocin would affect your body so when you have your own natural oxytocin going around your body it helps um get the pain relieving hormones out so the endorphins come out to play and you it helps you to cope with labor basically when you have syntocin on you won't have that reaction so your contractions could not always but they could be more painful so if you are being induced i would recommend that you have a birth plan for induction that incorporates what pain relief you do and don't want and think about that. Um, If you have syntocin on, you also are more likely to to have an epidural. So if you do have an epidural, just lie on your side because if you have an epidural, you're more likely to have a forceps delivery. So make sure you're lying on your side to minimise the chances of that happening. And again, if you have an epidural, I would consider having like a bit of a birth plan for if you do need a forceps delivery or a C-section. Um, and decide whether that what you would want and what you don't want and because if you kind of if you've got an idea of what you do and don't want beforehand you're going to feel a lot calmer if it does happen so if you have syntocin on your baby's heart rate and your contractions will be monitored as well so you'll have the straps around your belly there'll be two straps one for baby one for you and if you have that monitoring it can restrict your movement so then we get into your chances of needing a forceps or a cesarean um, birth increase because you can't move around and baby can't get in the optimal position as much and if you have syntocin it can reduce baby's oxygen slightly so that's why you'll need monitoring as well and just remember to ask questions about everything like i said earlier everything every stage ask questions why is this why is this happening now is this necessary for me and my baby right now is this the safest option what are the alternative options? Like you're allowed to ask questions. It's perfectly okay. And use the BRAIN acronym. And yeah, I mean, my top tips would just be, like I said earlier, moving around as much as possible. If you have an epidural, lie on your side. Consider a birth plan uh, for each kind of stage. If, you're, if you know you're being induced. 
Think about what comfort measures you do and don't want. Think about being on a birth ball, using water. Make sure you're staying hydrated. Distraction techniques, so your favourite movies, music. Uh, even like play games with your birth partner. Uh, I know one couple that played chess throughout most of her induction and she, she did really well, bless her. So she And she said that that kind of distraction was really beneficial. So we're all different. Different things are going to work for different people. But I think it's just worth knowing all this stuff. And I hope none of that sounded scary because I, I don't want to scare people. But at the end of the day, I want people to be informed and I want you to find the information for yourself as well because that can be quite empowering to kind of go into a situation armed with lots of information. And just remember that everything is a choice. And I'm never here, I'm never like here to kind of say go against medical advice or or anything like that. But just you are allowed to ask questions is what I'm getting at and that everything is a choice. So I hope that's really helpful, my darlings, and non-scary. Um, also, just quickly, there are some other ways that you can be induced, but I, I don't really talk about them too much because I don't know if they're really offered in that many hospitals here in the UK, but maybe they are. So there is something called a Cook's catheter or a Foley balloon, which is inserted um, into your vagina, and the balloon is inserted, and then it will be filled up with saline solution after it's inserted. And the idea is that it um, applies pressure on your cervix like the baby's head would in labour and it, it, it could kickstart labour. So you could ask about that as well if that's an option because some people say that this was is better because there's no synthetic hormones introduced to the body and you can go home while while it's all like before it's all like you know before you're in labour sort of thing you can have that, that inserted and then go home. It could be a bit uncomfortable and a risk is that it can get trapped and it would need removing. Again, ask what your options are, what are the alternatives and just go through everything with your midwife or consultant. Um, And then there is something called, I think they're called mechanical rods, something rods. And these are often used, they're often inserted into your vagina and then they expand once they're in. And these can like physically dilate your cervix. Apparently they're less uncomfortable than other options. And there's no synthetic hormones introduced to your body. You can go home, might stimulate contractions, but these can also get stuck as a risk. I don't know how common that is. So again, just look into it yourselves and have a think and decide what what is right for you and your baby as individuals. So yeah, I hope that's helpful. Let me know if you've got any questions. But really, the, the best thing to do is just read that book, The Aims Guide to Induction of Labour. Honestly, it's brilliant is so good or or dr sarah wickham which is in your own time that's a really good book as well so i hope that's helpful my darlings and um i'll be back next week i'm going to do an episode next week all about cesareans what happens in a cesarean how to breathe through a cesarean top tips for birth partners for your cesarean uh after a cesarean tips all of that shears and uh yeah that's it so um Thank you so much for all the messages this week. I've had a, I'm getting more and more as as, as uh, the podcast is continuing on. So it's really lovely. It really does make my day. Um, I'll always try and reply if I can as well. And thank you for all my ratings and reviews. It really, honestly, means so much. I can't tell you how much it means. It really, really does. And I will sort out. I'm I'm aware that the sound of this podcast isn't the best. So I'm going to sort out a really snazzy microphone and stuff soon, so that it's even better. Um, I might even go to a studio and record it so that it's proper snazzy. So yeah, 
Uh, but I know some of you are actually being induced this week as well because you've been asking me about this episode. So good luck to you, my darlings. Remember to breathe as well. I don't know if I said about breathing. This is your best technique. And this is your best item if you're toolkit for birth is breathing. Breathe, 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 breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Even if you have an epidural, you can use your breathing to keep calm and relaxed. You can use it for a cesarean. You can use it for any situation. So really do remember that as well. And remember, consider your environment as well. Make sure your environment is as nice and cosy as possible because that will help your hormones. So um, yeah, I love you all and I'll see you next week. I'll see you next Tuesday, you beautiful little bastards. Ooh.